This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about this show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. It's The Undercom. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy. And Cody. And Minus Marv. Everybody else. Yes. <laughs> but except for Marv. And no Rochelle. Marv. Yeah, no Marv. Yeah. Uh, we, need, we really need to update that. Tuesday, September 28th. You think we need to uh, update that? Tuesday, well, how long has Marv been gone? September 28th. We think uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, and Cody now has yeah, been in about four or five us. weeks. Yeah. So he's preparing right now for the UFC, but he'll be bringing his good friend, uh, Darren Crookshank, who is fighting, fighting. Yes, right. KOP this weekend. In Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's right. In the Van Andel Arena. I've actually been to the Van Andel Arena. It's, yeah. I have. It's all right. No, no, I mean, no, by no means is it a nice arena, I wouldn't say. I said it's all right. I didn't yeah. say nice. I said it's all right. You know what? It isn't even there. It's at the Deltaplex. Oh, is it? I've never been to the Deltaplex. I have. I've been to the Deltaplex uh, twice. Nice. Um, one was a pre-mobe thing at the Deltaplex, and then there was a post-mobe thing at the Deltaplex. Yeah. Uh, not a Tony Robbins uh, seminar on how to be great. <laughs> how to how to eat people with one swallow. Yeah, that be, giant how, mouth of his. How to be great. How to be great. Yeah, you leave there not knowing what you're going to do, but you feel great about doing it. <laughs> I like, don't have any clue what I'm going to do with my life, but I'm super jazzed exactly. to start doing something. Yep, that's kind of what Tony Robbins <laughs> gives you. He's you feel good about yourself, but right. you realize he gave you no direction whatsoever. <laughs> And he owns islands, and he's a millionaire. Because... Billionaire, probably. Because the greatest motivational speakers are the ones that... Sell hope. Say say everything without actually saying anything. And sell hope. And sell hope, right? Sell hope, like... um, Until your dreams come crashing down and the reality of the (laughs) pitiful life that you live comes to the forefront. So we'll talk fighting a little bit later, but I think... You know, most important subject to get in the way uh, or get on Talk record. about? Yeah, get on record. And um, for people that don't know, Jimmy's a veteran. Uh, Jimmy, when did you serve again? Uh, I served from – hold on. Uh, basic started in August of 2007, and I served until June of 2013. That okay. was my – contract and then two years of you know whatever but that doesn't actually count <laughs> and if we had gone to war with north korea then i probably would have been called back up but you uh, know well. uh now it's <laughs> nope peace out bitches yep you've, you've hit that age where they, they might not well no I, they'd still call me they, if you're prior service and they are desperate for people they'll call people up to like their 50s they won't put you probably in any like major um where you have to do a, hot, a lot of heavy lifting but they'll put you in support roles so 
what I wanted to talk about was if you haven't um, if you've been living under a rock, President Trump decided to um, in his administration open his Cheeto mouth yes and decide that anybody that in the NFL kneels should be fired called him son of a bitch and surprisingly joke sarcasm the NFL has uh, come together over this <clears throat> they are now showing more unity than ever and you might laugh, but this might be the beginning of the end for President Trump. And here's why. Football has become like almost Americano so much that the the unity front that the NFL can provide, and now that they have a common enemy, even people that he thought were his friends, Tom Brady, uh, Robert Kraft, who owns the New England Patriots, these people have come out and say what he said was wrong and that they believe their teammates have a right to protest. So that aside, the protesting aside and all that, because that's going to be covered by CNN, Fox News, all that stuff for a long time. I wanted to talk about something that I put together in my head. We're never going back to the way it was. And kneeling now is a way to protest not just racial inequality. In Georgetown uh, law, uh, good old uh, Jeff Sessions was going to give a speech. Believe it or not, what, what do you think Jeff Sessions was going to speak in? From the <laughs> Trump administration. It's it's almost so comical. You I, would think I, it's satire. I, I, I can't even, I don't, I don't know if okay, I want to know. This is from MSN, so this is real. I don't know real. if I want to know. Uh, he was going to give remarks about free speech. Yeah. So uh, Jeff Sessions, who is the attorney general, was going to give uh, you know some talk about free speech. Uh, the professors at Georgetown Law opposed the visit by Sessions, and an open letter published ahead of the event, signed by about a third of the law school's uh, faculty. Professors um, called it uh, hypocritical and troubling. We, the undersigned, condemn the hypocrisy of Attorney General Sessions speaking out about free speech. Sessions is a key cabinet member in an administration headed by President who spent last weekend denouncing athletes engaging in free expression and calling for them to be fired. This kind of government chilling of speech is precisely what the First Amendment to the United States Constitution is meant to prevent. The letter continues, a man who fails to recognize violations of the First Amendment is a poor choice to speak about free speech on campuses. So this is on MSN.com. So now you got people kneeling for free speech. I've seen a movement now to kneel for the ACA, the Affordable Care Act. It now has become uh, the appropriate way to have displeasure with the government. Now, the thing is, a lot of these people are not disrespecting the flag and not disrespecting the country and are still honoring veterans, but they choose to kneel because they, they feel that some injustice is being done. So those are three examples. Um, obviously, it started with Colin Ka Kaepernick and uh, racial injustice, um, Georgetown, freedom of speech, and now you have people doing it for the ACA, be it that the Republican-led um, Senate is trying to Which push – failed. 
Yeah, but well, was trying to. Yeah. So, Jimmy, I'm just going to say it here. want to know what you uh, – first off, I want to get your veteran approach about people kneeling again. I know we've asked, but if someone's just catching this podcast um, for the first time, we'll get you on record again on, on how you feel about people kneeling for the national anthem. Uh, but second, we're never going back. And I think you'll see anthems removed from sporting events to avoid this. I think that you're going to have well, kids now in school it, not stand for the pledge. I think I think we will never go back. Well, it it and and people's memories are extremely short in this country. Right. We used to burn flags. Well, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not even. I'm not even talking about that. No. Okay. I'm, just I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about people's memories in this country and the lack of. What people learn as their actual own history in the United States is atrocious. Mm-hmm. It's selective memory. It's uh, or they're not. They're actually not being taught. First of all, the Pledge of Allegiance was not something that was said in schools until the 1950s. It was. It was actually even said in 1943. Um, there was a law passed that. No person shall be made to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance uh, or anything like that. It wasn't until the 50s that they started uh, doing the Pledge of Allegiance in um, uh, in schools because they were trying to indoctrinate young children into the American way because of the Red Scare. That's That's part number one. Okay, so the Pledge of Allegiance was not something that always was said in schools and this, that, and the other thing. It was something that happened in the 50s because they were trying to indoctrinate young children into the quote-unquote American way of life because of the commies and the Red Scare and all that kind of stuff. Number two. It's like repeating the creed in uh, Catholic religion. Exactly. What what you believe. Exactly, exactly. Number two. Up until 2009, no NFL team would be on the field except for like the Super Bowl and like big ticket games. But no NFL team would be on the field for the national anthem. Jimmy brought his history. I no. Uh, up no, I until like 2009, the teams would stay in the locker room until after the anthem was played. Then they would introduce the teams, and the teams would come running out. Yay! Rah 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 rah. In 2009, though, the Department of Defense and the National Guard paid the NFL millions of dollars. I forget the exact number, but millions of dollars mm-hmm. to have the the players come out before the anthem and stand for the anthem to uh, to basically up uh, patriotism and recruitment for the Army, Navy, Marines, all that kind of stuff. Before that, the teams didn't even come out on the field. So saying that, that you need to do something that wasn't even a thing until 2009, I mean, is ridiculous. Now, as a vet, and, and I've gone on record you know, numerous times, but – um, I, I'm actually going to read something. My squad leader, when I was deployed in Afghanistan, his name, his name well, we call him Sergeant Hardaway, but Elliot Hardaway, he wrote something on Facebook that I'm going to read what he wrote because I believe it encapsulates how I feel uh, pretty well and also kind of how I feel everybody should kind of look at this. Um, and then I'm going to come back to what you said about this might be the end of Trump because I think it's – you're wrong. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But I'm going to read what he wrote. He wrote, 
One of the great things about our country is that if we see something... Hold on, sorry. Hold on. There you go. Are, are we good? I think so. Can I start again? Yeah, go. Okay. One of the great things about our country is that if we see something in it that is broken or not working properly, we have the freedom to try to do something to fix it. Bringing attention to a problem within with an institution in our country is not anti-American. It is one of the things that distinguishes us from other so-called free nations. The protest is not anti-cop. It is not. It is anti-bad cop. All people want is accountability for that. Bad police officers erode the trust and rapport that should be established with the communities they serve, making the lives and jobs of good cops exponentially more difficult. When I joined the Army, I swore an oath to uphold the Constitution, which allows for peaceful protest. We are at a time where people need to listen to each other and not be immediately dismissive of deferring perspectives. Now, that's what that's what he wrote, and I 100% agree with that. Also... There is, and I and I was trying to find it, and I can't and I can't find it right now. But there is an actual statute about the national anthem that n- no person in a political office can demand that people stand for the national anthem. It actually goes against, uh, like what Trump did is actually against the law. What he did, but of course nobody's going to bring that up. Um, also, um. The uh, the the NFL players or whatever, if they all you know, if they all wanted to, you know, if they're they're not protesting, what they're doing is they're they're right now what they're saying is that you can't tell us what to do. We are, and so they're defying Trump because he's trying to be a bully, which is what Trump has been since the beginning is a bully, and there's just all they're saying is that you can't be a bully towards us now. There's a story. Uh, I believe it was the Steelers. Um, yeah, it didn't come out, but one. But the 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 national or the uh, Army Ranger did come out, and he actually came out afterwards, and he said, "I kind of feel bad because I everybody thinks I threw my team underneath the bus. I actually probably would have not came out." You know, he go. He said, "I was just caught up in the moment. It's something that I do. I kind of wanted to do it, but I didn't realize that everybody was going to blow this out of proportion, and that if he could do it again, he wouldn't come out." Mm-hmm. Um, now, back to what uh, you were saying about it, it being uh, uh, the end of Trump or whatever. No, because all the trumpets, all the Trump supporters, are now going to ban and not watch the NFL. I've seen a ton of people on my on my feeds and stuff who all are going to ban the NFL because the NFL had the audacity to not agree with <laughs> the, the with the the freedom of well no they had the audacity to not agree with something that Trump said right. and how dare they do this and how dare they blah 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 and I stand and blah blah, blah and this and that look People fought and died for the right for you to do whatever you want. It's a peaceful protest. They're not throwing shit. They're not burning tiki torches. Hello, white supremacists. They're not being like the neo-Nazis or the Antifa who have gone way off the deep end. They're, they're giving people that, that actually oppose the neo-Nazis a bad name because they're being just as violent as the neo-Nazis. So I... I they need to. We need a better group than than the ones that are are 
are doing the shit right now. But it's a peaceful protest, and they and people fought and died for your right to have that peaceful protest. They're not disregarding the flag; they're exercising their First Amendment right. You don't have to agree with it. I, the, you know, I do. I think it's it's a, a disrespectful, kind of, but. I'm also going to defend that right for you to do it because that is what the First Amendment does. And you can't say that it's being anti-American. It's actually being pro-American because they're, they're, they're actually exercising their First Amendment rights. And they're exercising that right that people have lived, died, and fought for throughout all the wars so that they could have the right to do that. What's worse in your eyes? Uh, what, what happened in the 60s, the burning of the flag or kneeling for the anthem? Oh, the burning of the flags. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But back then it was regarded a little bit differently. Well, I mean. Because the power was more with the people. It really was. Well, it was. uh, A movement. Well, actually, no. It was still looked at, I mean, within the the hippie community and stuff and the the anti-war community, you know, it was looked as whatever. But to the rest of society, they they were just as bad as. As these people, because the vast majority of society wasn't anti-war. That was just a small select group. Yep. So same, same as, you know, as this. So on record, are you offended? Offended is not the right word. Um, I like, oh, God, I forget what team it was. There was a team, and I thought they handled it very well. There was a team that came out on the field. They took a knee and they stayed there for a little bit. And then as soon as the anthem played, they stood up and they put their hands over their hearts, which basically said, we will not be bullied by you, Trump, but we're still going to respect the flag and, you know, honor the men and women that, that have died, you know, for this flag or whatever. So I, I like what they did. Um, I'm not offended by it. I'm not happy that that is the particular way that they have chosen to protest. But again, I will defend their right to do that. Now, if there is a voice that might be a little bit higher on the rankings of some people, uh, if you don't remember, Pat Tillman was an NFL player who witnessed 9-11 happen and Mm -hmm. then enlisted as an Army Ranger. Uh, Maria Tillman made the news today. The widow of former NFL player and Army Ranger Pat Tillman says that her husband's service should not be political politicalized yeah, in, in a way to divide us. She released a statement to CNN on Monday after President Trump retweeted an account referencing Pat Tillman and using the hashtag Stand for Our Anthem. Trump has criticized NFL players for kneeling during the Star Spangled Banner to pro- protest police treatment of blacks and other social injustices. More than 200 NFL players knelt or sat during uh, the anthem this weekend. Tillman walked away from the NFL to join the Army after the 9-11-2001 attacks. He was killed by friendly fire in Afghanistan in 2004. So as a football player and soldier, Pat inspired countless Americans to unify, Maria Tillman said. It is my hope that the memory should always remind people that we must come together. Pat's service, along with that of every man and woman's service, should never be politicized in a way that divides us. We are too great of a country for that. Those that serve for the American ideals of freedom, justice, and democracy, they and their families know the cost of the fight. I know the very personal cost in a way I feel every day. 
Um, the very action of self-expression and the freedom of speech from one's heart, no matter their views, is what Pat and so many Americans have given their lives for. Even if they didn't agree with those views, it is my sincere hope our leaders both understand and learn from the lessons of Pat's life and death and also those of so many other brave Americans. So once again, Trump got caught talking about stuff that he should really consult with families. He, he's done this before. He, he tweets that. He doesn't. He, he, somebody says this and that and he, he speaks for people that either can't defend themselves or, you know. So Pat Tillman's um, – um, widow came out and spoke that you know this is probably what Pat would have been okay with, and don't don't put him in the middle of it, right? And so you know, I just think what I wanted to start the show off with is I don't think we ever go back. I really think that you're going to have sporting events that don't want to do the anthem anymore because they don't want it. I mean, I'm just being – this is just 100% being honest. People will be like, you know what? I don't want half people up, half people down, so we're not going to do an anthem. So let, let's let's go over some maybe boxing events or some events that I cover. I could see the anthems maybe not being played. Um, I can also see situations in which it trickles down to other causes. It's now going to be the symbol of – a disagreement with the government. And I just think we're never going back to a time where everyone stood for the anthem, put their hand over their heart, um, and for whatever reason. But but the good news is... But but not everybody always did. I mean... True. If you Jehovah ever... Witnesses well, and not Well, not only that, but if you ever looked at uh, when the national anthem plays... Guess who doesn't have his hand over his heart the majority of the time? Right. The president. The president. Yep. I totally agree. I see uh, at least on pictures. I don't know if they're altered or anything. but No. I, I, I no, because I've, I've gone back and looked at videos. He just stands there like a doofus. Uh, we actually have another vet coming in uh, today. So Cody must have been listening because he said, hey, we got a, uh, a vet that's fighting this Saturday with Darren. Oh, cool. And um, uh, But we're going to go to our first break, and we'll be back in one second. We're listening to The Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to The Undercard, everybody. It's Tuesday, the last Tuesday of September, but it feels like July out here in Detroit, Michigan. Lots of 90-degree days. I know. What the hell? Global warming. Global warming. (laughs) Apple Orchard's checkbooks would say global warming. Yeah. Um, No one wants to go on a hayride when it's 95 degrees out. Trust me. Uh, so, uh, Anthony Barnes brought up a good point, um, talked to him in person over this, uh, past weekend, but he was also chirping on, on, uh, the internet, the interwebs. But, uh, first off, he wants me, uh, to note, or actually he didn't, he, he wanted me to know that he should be called Kid Vegas Jr. because he is perfect with his picks this year besides the draw on Golovkin. So, yeah, you can be Kid Vegas Jr. I don't... I don't know. It was assigned to me, the nickname. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Kid Vegas Jr. there, buddy. Uh, but he also brought up a good point. Um, the top 10, uh, which we'll put out our October top 10, October 1st, 
Uh, Andre Ward retired last week, who would be my number one yeah. after beating Kovalov. And as much as I don't like Andre Ward, I like his reason, and it's something that I've talked to Rochelle a lot about, is that sometimes you just lose the urge to fight anymore or having to get ready for it. Ward at 33 um, said he wants to be clear. I'm leaving because my body can no longer put up with the rigors of the sport, and therefore my desire to fight is no longer there. If I cannot give my family, my team, and my fans everything I have, then I should no longer be fighting, which is something that I think Jimmy would agree on to. Once once the urge to no longer fight is there, you should be no longer fighting. Uh, we see too many times that happen. So best of luck, Andre Ward. Um, he made a lot of money, so he'll he'll be pretty okay. And he also had the Jordan sponsorship, so you think he'll I be think pretty he'll, decent. And I, and I think we're going to see Ward come out as like a trainer or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I, could see that. I mean, right now he's 33. He's going to take a little time off, spend some time with his family, you know, kind of relax a little bit. But the bug's going to come back, and instead of actually getting in the ring, I think we're going to see him – training some some young upstarts uh so george uh, willis he writes for the new york post um was saying that fight fans now have to make their choices between major ufc and boxing events and he was referring to what's happening november 4th in new york uh george willis said pick your po- uh passion that's what the new york combat fans must do november 4th when madison square gardens and barclays center hosts major MMA and boxing shows on the same evening. The UFC makes its return to the Garden with the UFC 217, where former welterweight champion George St. Pierre makes his long-awaited return against middleweight champion Michael Bisbing. On the same night, Deontay Wilder will defend his WBC heavyweight championship against Luis Ortiz in a matchup of boxers with a combined record of 65-0 and and 60 knockouts. Most cities won't be able to host two major combat sports on the same night. It would spread the entertainment dollar too thin, but executives from the Garden and the Barclays Center aren't concerned one event will negatively impact the other. Based on our initial sales and pre-sales, we're in great shape, said Brett Yorkman, the CEO of Brooklyn Sports and Entertainment. We shouldn't have any issues. The heavyweight fight was announced this week, while tickets for UFC 217 went on sale earlier this month. While it's not uncommon for the UFC and boxing to share dates, the venues normally aren't in the same city. UFC 217 will be on pay-per-view, while Showtime will broadcast the Wilder Ortiz live. So it was funny because uh, besides Mayweather, a lot of times boxing would kind of avoid uh, UFC events. And now boxing has a little bit of um, swagger to it because of what happened with the McGregor and uh, Mayweather numbers. And all of a sudden now, you know, you're, you're starting to see them go head to head. And you know what? I was thinking the other day because I was I was at a place that was replaying a UFC fight, right? I think replays of UFC fights actually hurt the sport. You, you, you know, it's tough for me who even covers the sport to remember the time frame when some of these fights happen. Mm-hmm. Some people get confused that they're live. They're like, yeah. that guy's fighting again. You know, they're yeah, yeah. no other sport. Baseball's not like they're not rerunning the Cubs game. They'll run it one time later that night. But like UFC, when they rerun stuff, it's like UFC 190. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I really think that causes confusion in the sport i agree i mean it's all about ad dollars so they don't care but i i I, well i think no other sports do it well but i think i mean yeah i mean there's that and stuff but also i think uh 
they need to change up their thing where they're, you know, like the, the ticker tape is, you know, the ticker underneath the thing is playing saying, you know, this is a rebroadcast. This fight took place at UFC. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll get him a second. Um, this this fight took place at UFC, blah, 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 on this date, this year, so on and so forth. Wait, well, you got to say something before Cody gets here. Uh, what? Gets in here really quick. What, what? Bellator tops UFC in weekend ratings by 96,000 viewers. <laughs> uh, Bellator got a weekend ra- uh, week ratings victory over UFC, but neither side did blow away numbers this past week. And Saturday's Bellator show from San Jose, California, a loaded show featuring former UFC star uh, Ben Sed Henderson, um, averaged 598,000 viewers on Spike TV the night before the UFC event. Um, which was on FXX instead of the usual FS1 had lower numbers. So, what's going on, Cody? What's up? All right, <laughs> welcome back. Who'd you bring us this time? This is Darius. He fights. He fights. Uh, fights this weekend in KOP. All right, Darius. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to mispronounce your last name, huh? Darius. He's, he's also a vet. Awesome. Yeah. What? Well, uh, which branch? Army. What was your MOS? So uh, 42 Alpha, then I went to 11 Bravo. Uh, okay, so what was 42 Alpha? Uh, human Resources. <laughs> so you went from Human Resources to just Grunt? Yeah. <laughs> so I joined the Ranger Battalion, so everything changed. Oh, I gotcha. Well, yeah, there's, I mean, unless you're a 68 Whiskey, there's not much else besides 11 Bravo and 68 yeah. Whiskey and the Rangers. I see your Afghanistan hat, man. Thanks yeah. for your service. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. where I went twice, yeah. Oh, yeah? Where at? Uh, I was at uh, Bagram, and then I went to uh, Salerno. So Bagram and Salerno mainly. Okay. I was up in uh, the northern uh, RC, Condus. Uh, um, okay. I don't know if you know where that is. Uh, you know the Salang Pass? Yeah, I believe so. So the Salang Pass, uh, you know, the one the one road that went from north to south, yeah. you went through the Salang Pass and kind of divided it. If you went about another three hours north of that, oh, wow. that's where we were. So, oh, wow. yeah. yeah. Little, little, little tiny <laughs> cob called Killigay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Darius, before we learn more about you, um, we, we talked about the protesting uh, during the anthems and stuff. And you're a vet, so you get to speak. Um, what are your thoughts on people not standing during the anthem as a veteran? Yeah, I'm not going to give a comment on it, man. No? To be honest with you now, I'm not going to comment on it. All right. That's fair. We just didn't know if you wanted to get, get on record and say. Uh, J- Jimmy, uh, can you recap your answer really quick? <laughs> It was a very long answer. I know. I'm, I'm trying to think of like a like cliff note version. <sighs> cliff note version. While I'm not happy with it, it's their freedom, freedom of speech, and that is what ultimately people fought and died for was that right to to have your freedom of speech. Absolutely. That that cliff note. Very very simplistic cliff note. All right. So Darius, really quick. Um, I want to get your name correct, okay? So let's see if I can pronounce it correctly, the, the end of it. Uh, Estrell? Estelle. It, Estelle. Estelle. Yep, yep, okay. Yep. Yeah, you missed. That's why we That's couldn't Cody. find him. Yeah. <laughs> Cody missed. I spelled it wrong. Yes, yeah, it, 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 it happened. It happened. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your background, how you got in, in MMA, and how you found Michigan Top Team. All right, so, man, uh, long story. I'm going to try to make it short. Uh, I started out, you know, a little bit of boxing in high school. You know, I was kind of angry kid, and then uh, skipping forward. Um, got into the Army, was doing some boxing smokers. Um, 
funny, we were talking about Afghanistan. My first tour, I had a buddy, uh, he was training in MMA. We were doing some training with some Special Forces guys, and he would go over there and train MMA, and I would just do boxing. And I would talk a lot of crap about MMA, like, oh, yeah, look at that ground stuff. And we'd play, fight, and wrestle, and he ended up getting injured on a mission. He's like, why don't you go train with my coaches? And I was like, I'm going to go over there and kick your coach's ass. I'm like 18 years old, young hothead. And I go over there, man, and they're like teaching, and I'm like, man, this ground stuff is ridiculous. This is gay. I'm just going to. And they're like, okay, smart ass. They're like, go ahead and put your gloves on, and you do whatever you want. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so here's me, 18-year-old, hothead ranger know-it-all. And uh, I got the shit kicked out of me for <laughs> about 10 minutes straight, man. They were just, like, fucking kicking me, taking me down. And I was like, I leant back to my base, and I looked at my butt like, yeah, I'm going to learn this shit. So, <laughs> you didn't so, learn combatives in basic? Uh, you know, basic combatives, but yeah. you can't really compare combatives. And, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, but yeah, yeah, you yeah, got a little basic. bit, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And I, even still, I really didn't get into MMA until a little later. I, I went to Japan, uh, got attached to a special forces unit. And I started playing with a little more boxing, and then I, I still wasn't, like, fully into MMA yet. I just, like, man, I respected it. I'm like, all right, man, I got to make it a point to, you know, get around to learning some of that grappling stuff. <laughs> and I came back to America, and that's when I actually started training a lot. I was in Georgia. I was stationed out there, and I went back to the regular Army for the first time in my career, and it was really different. So I needed, like, a pastime, and um, I got back into boxing, and the place that taught boxing also taught jiu-jitsu. So I'm like, well, let me do this. So... You know, I started getting into jiu-jitsu, and then later, you know, I was like, all right, well, this is this is great. I did some, some boxing tournaments, uh, was winning, and I was like, well, fuck, man, why not do an MMA? I got some jiu-jitsu, <laughs> I did some tournaments, and I'm like, all right. And then it just spiraled, man. The more I learned, the more I wanted to, you know, grow. And as a martial artist, uh, it's just like a beautiful journey once you get from that beginner level to, like, you know, growing and growing, and you see your skill, your technique, and now you're winning, and you're, you're going against guys who've been training and this stuff, and it's like, wow, this is starting to click. And uh, I came back um, after I got out the Army to Michigan, and I was training at uh, Cooper's Gym for a while and then just, you know, avoid some of the political, you know, BS that happened there. But I ended up branching off from there and training on my own, and I was like, you know what? I mean, just, you know, I love fighting, but I didn't want to be a part of that organization. And I ended up meeting a buddy who left there, and, and uh, uh, I was at the uh, L.A. Fitness and I just scheduled my own fight out in Ohio, and I beat some guy up. I took their belt in amateur, and I was still doing my own thing. And he was like, you know, why don't you, uh, you know, why don't you check out Michigan Top Team, man? And it's a great gym. And I was like, all right. And I think I actually went there a few weeks before my fight. Yeah, and I was like, all right, I'll go there. And I went to a couple different gyms. I was kind of just trying to check it out, trying to find a place that, you know, felt like home. And uh, the first day I went to Michigan Top Team, it was a Friday. It was their spar day. And uh, I went in there, and I got a good feel. And I think Darren was like, hey, man, you're from where? And I was like, hey, just, you got your shit? And I'm like, yeah, it's in the car. He's like, yeah, grab your shit. Come on up. It's fucking spar day. First, first day free. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and after that, I was fucking hooked. I was like, yeah, these guys are awesome. And then just kind of there. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Darius, tell us a little bit about your opponent this Saturday at uh, KOP. Uh, yeah, he's dead. Um, his name doesn't matter because he's going <laughs> to die Saturday, and it's going to be a fucking nice, beautiful battle. He's supposed to be really good, but good isn't going to be enough. All right. <laughs> Cody just like... I wish, I wish we had that on I, video. I, yeah, I know, yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Cody reminded me of De Niro right there. He's just, <laughs> well, 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 Cody, tell us a little bit about Darius. What makes him special as a fighter? In, um, in I mean, the thing that people should know, and I, I, Cody was mentioning it. You know, some people will come and train in their gyms, but to wear the Michigan Top Team name means something. What? Why is he allowed to wear it? 
Well, he, he's, he's probably one of the toughest guys in the gym. Uh, you get this guy with a hammer and he'll still come after you. <laughs> uh, uh, that's, def- that's definitely the that's definitely the the way we all know Darius. You know, no matter what, no matter what you throw his way, he's still coming down your throat. Uh, he's a he's a tough guy to to slow down. I mean, uh, I'm not a huge fan of sparring him, just because every time I spar him, I know I gotta get in a I gotta get in a fist fight. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, yeah, he's definitely one of those guys that just doesn't back down. It's like, kind of like a military mentality. He comes after you, no matter what. Works hard. Uh, you know, everything we look for in someone. That trains that top team, you know, someone that somebody that works hard, you know, is coachable, wants to get better, and uh, yeah, is not scared to fight, you know, because you can't be scared to fight in our gym. Yeah, he looks pretty relaxed right now. And in sure. addition to um, a big week for your uh, Michigan top team, you guys got a cage the last week or yeah, two. Yeah, yep, just got a cage. It actually fit awesome. It didn't really take any mat space, but you know, added a lot to the gym. Uh, we were really surprised how well it fit and. Um, I fought in that cage a few times, actually, so it's cool to have it in the gym. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of gyms don't. And, uh, Cody, because you're you're the veteran on uh, fighting, when people have mats against the wall and, and stuff, I mean, you, there's no way to simulate like there is a, up against the cage, is there? No, not really. Um, I feel like if you've never been in a cage uh, and, and you're, you're kind of new to fighting, you only have a few fights, I feel like it's really, really crucial for you to be in that cage. And uh, to get a lot of experience in there as far as, um, you know, obviously the wall work and then, you know, the footwork, you know, to kind of maneuver your way around. And it's a small cage, too, so you got to use really, really good footwork. You know, you don't have a lot of space to make mistakes. So I think that that's, like, kind of a crucial thing. Um, you know, I was fortunate that, you know, when I first started MMA, uh, the gym I trained in had a cage. So I worked a lot in the cage, and I had, you know, 20 amateur fights. So uh, for me, I don't really care. Uh, whether there's a cage or not, but definitely, uh, if if yeah, if you're young and you've never been in a cage, it's good to get some live, live action in there. You know, kind of it kind of dusts the uh, dust that rookie rust off. You know, yeah, get you used to it because you'll see the gyms that just have the mats on the wall, and I understand not everybody can afford a cage or have the space, but it just seems to me, from a distance, that that's a tough thing to prepare for the give of the cage. Um, how someone's going to walk walk up a cage, um, you know, and so it seems like a cage is such an advantage to have if you're able to have it as a gym um, to just get the feel of it. That's just my perspective. I'm from no, I 100% agree. I mean, Real-life so, simulation. Yeah, I yeah, mean. As close it, as you can get. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Darius will, will tell you, you can walk around all day long shooting blanks, but until you go into a live <laughs> fire situation, there ain't nothing like it. Yeah, there ain't yeah, nothing sure. like it. You can do simulations mm-hmm. all day long, but as soon as you hear that pop whiz, yeah. man, that's a whole different ball game. Yep. Yep. Well, Darius, you, you talked about how you were uh, strong with the stand-up game, but also picked up jujitsu. If you if you had to pick one, um, stand-up still your favorite? You like to throw the... You know what, man? I, I I like it all. Once you get good, I've even you know started to learn you know wrestling, jujitsu, striking. Striking will always be my favorite because I started with it. So you know to answer that question, but I, I truly love it all. And going against guys like Cody and Darren uh, daily and stuff like that, what kind of advantages? And do you ever just get to sit back and pick their brains and Fisher too? Yeah, Fish. like uh, iron sharpens iron, and these guys are some of the most badass fighters I've ever seen. And that's, that goes outside of you know Michigan because I've traveled to other states and trained and competed. And these these guys are like top top level. You know, I'd, I'd have to argue in the world. So going against these guys and talking to them, you know, Cody Fish and then Darren. 
And I learned so much, and that's probably why I think I've been able to improve so much in the time that I've been, you know, a Michigan top team. You know, it's, it's, it's like, phenomenal, and I'm thankful. Um, so you were at King of the, the Cage. It was your last fight. What did you learn from that fight that uh, you're going to carry over this time? Uh, you know what? I uh, I chose to step up a weight class for the professional. Um, that guy was probably, you know, he cut weights. He's probably about 15, 20 pounds heavier than me, and he went down, you know, in one punch two minutes in. So I took away from, fuck, I got a hard punch, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cody was kind of backing that up. I know inspiring, you're, you're never looking to knock out your opponents, but he, he throws some haymakers, right? Yeah, he throws hard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in uh, Southpaw or Orthodox? Uh, I prefer Orthodox. Orthodox? Yeah. So, it's a, man, it's just a deadly right hand. What do you think, Jimmy? What? Well, I mean, predict it. Is it going to go to the ground? Is he going to get the submission? Or what, what do you think? Uh, I'm almost because he's talking haymakers. I think he's going to win by submission. Like an arm I, I was gonna. I was gonna round. say. I was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, if it's there, you're gonna take it, right? Oh yeah, it's gonna be a finish no matter what. Yeah, Whether yeah. it's a submission or, or a, a knockout, it, it won't go to decision. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. yeah. I'm gonna say he's gonna knock his opponent down. Opponent's gonna go on the go down on the ground, but he's not gonna go out. He's gonna get in the mount position, ground and pound, TKO. We'll take it. All right. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> uh, so uh, is is lightweight? Um, where you think though your career will be at, or where, no, where do it's going to be more so at featherweight. You know, I, I, the, the pro debut was lightweight, um, but I, I'm a featherweight fighter, so it'll be featherweight for the most part. Every blue moon, who knows? Maybe I'll dabble with lightweight, but for the most part, it'll be feather. Awesome. And then, uh, what what does Cody and Darren uh, say to you in the corner when they're training you and everything like that? Is there anything unique that? Um, so the last time uh, it was a. Uh, Fish and Javier who worked my corner because um, I think Darren and Cody were they had some we had two different you know uh, arenas in the same day we had guys fighting at KOP and we had guys fighting for King of the Cage um, but I have been there with these guys working our fighters corners and man they're they're always composed and they, they can kind of visualize and see what's going on because Cody and Darren they have so much experience so they're able to kind of pick the fighter and the entire fight apart from the outside and then they can relay that to our guy fighting and it, I think it just makes like a, a beautiful harmony it's like it's everything's in sync and it seems like KOP is like in uh, Michigan top teams home away from home because of what Cody was able to do there and Darren um, fighting back in Michigan for the first time in what eight years six years or something yeah, like that yeah it's gonna be uh, it just seems like it's gonna be like Michigan top team taking over Grand Rapids and uh, you know that's Cody's hometown he built that up and uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, Michigan top ten taking over, uh, you know, Grand Rapids. But I, I think you're gonna see in the very, very near future, Michigan top team taking over the planet. Like we got fucking badasses. Like all we're doing is is breeding killers, breeding killers. So you know, Cody's gonna go out here next week and fuck this guy up in UFC. Can I cuss on here? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So Cody's gonna it's, go out it's there. It's internet. Yeah. We're not yeah. subject to FCC. Yeah. yeah. So he's gonna fuck he's gonna yeah. fuck this guy up at <laughs> UFC, man. And then he'll be two and zero in that climbing that ladder. And then I think that we got a lot of potential at Michigan top team for guys going, you know, to the UFC. So I, I just think in the rear in the real near future, you're gonna see a lot of guys from MTT, you know, popping up all all over the map. You know, and I'd argue we're the best gym in this region, and, and, and from going places and training, we got some of the best talent in the fucking country, man. Probably the world. So. Yeah, if, you, if, if you look at if you look at I mean guys that have competed at high levels, uh, you know UFC and beyond, um, you know other big promotions. I think Top Team kind of has it does kind of have the Midwest locked down. You know what I mean? There are some there are a couple guys you know in other gyms 
But I mean, not there's not the number of guys you know that you know we got anywhere from you know three to five guys in the UFC, Bellator, you know a lot of young guys that you know, have good records as professionals, you know. So there's like ten to fifteen pros in a practice, you know. I don't think that happens very often anywhere else. Uh, we we know Cody likes to uh, kind of relax and just keep everything the same during fight week, but it's fight week for you. Um, any any difference, uh, Darius, in weight cut or in, in, any regiment change during the fight week? Yeah, I, uh, I, I train for about half the week, and then I slow it down and just kind of get into my zone and focus. And fight week, man, is really just a week of just anxious. I'm just so ready to get in there and fucking do my thing, man. I like, I believe that hard work pays off, and there's nothing like the ultimate test when you get in there and you get to test all of your training, all of your practice. And you get to just fucking unleash, man. When they close that cage, it's like the full moon comes out, transform, and just everything you worked on and trained, it's showtime, it's go time. And I'm just ready to get it over with. That's my feeling for fight week. Now, is there anybody in uh, Michigan or outside of Michigan that, uh, not to look past this fight, but somebody that you might have a beef with or, or, or something that you think would be a good matchup you know what, out man? there for you? Everybody in my division in this weight class, I'm going to beat them all, so I don't really give a damn who it is that's in front of me. Um, I just want credible opponents who are actually going to show up. I've had some issues with guys not showing up and you know, being afraid. I just want guys who, who, who want to fight, let them show up, and whoever's in my way, I will beat them, and I'm going to go to the top and take over. Yeah, that's got to be frustrating as a fighter when you go through a weight cut and then somebody doesn't have gas money or, <laughs> or no ride to the weigh-ins and... You're there yeah. and ready to fight. And <laughs> the good old days of Michigan. Yeah. The absolute good old days of Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, does it still happen out there, people? No show? Yeah, yeah. It happens all the time. I mean, jeez. It's, I mean, it's sad. It's, it's one thing to get hurt. I mean, anybody can get hurt. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's a legitimate reason to pull out of a fight, you know, or you got some serious issues going on. Uh, you know, pull out of a fight, but you know, give give the give the guy time. You know, so that you can uh, potentially find a get, replacement. Yeah, find a replacement. Yeah. This whole like last minute, uh, you know, pull out day before the fight. BS. I mean, that's a lot. You're talking about a lot of mental and physical preparation, and then a weight cut, and then you know what I mean. You're gonna you're just gonna get your show money, or maybe not even that, depending on you know what promotion you're fighting for. So you're basically gonna do all that work, put all that money in, and then get nothing. There's got to be some kind of penalty for that. Now, um, you fight a week later, Cody, so I know you're not going to be hitting the town on Grand Rapids uh, the week before, but uh, when Michigan top team sweeps this weekend and sweeps next weekend, what is a typical Michigan top team uh, release of uh, celebration? What's going to happen? Uh, sometimes we'll, we'll go out and, you know, we'll, get, we'll go out to the park and get crazy, or uh, we'll just have, like, a bonfire at someone's house. It ends up being Darren and Mulkey's house. That we all uh, end up at, you know what I mean. That way, you know we can't destroy anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're out in the out ten, in the sticks, so yeah, it's a like a bunch of fighters drinking. It's not, uh, not nothing. Nothing's gonna uh, happen. Didn't you guys used to do paintball wars too? Yeah, we did like, like a paintball thing. Yeah, was that, like, yeah, a few months ago. Yeah, a few months ago. Yeah, I mean, if the weather yeah. keeps up, man, a paintball war. Might be doing that. <laughs> let me let me and Jimmy draft the teams, and we'll watch from like uh, a tree position, <laughs> and uh, we'll call out what, orders for what draft teams for uh, MTT when they are uh, celebrating uh-huh. have a paintball war. We should have dude. A, I'd I'd be like right in the middle of it. We should have a mercy rule though, like not not the guy that like 
gets like you have to quit. You have to like tap out. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be awesome. That would be actually. Yeah, I wouldn't. Fun. I wouldn't direct from a tree. I'd be right in the thick of it, man. So did, did you guys? Have <laughs> man a big, up. Big discussion about the whole NFL guys taking a knee. Thing? Yeah, we yeah, did. We did. You want if you want to weigh in, weigh in. I mean, I, I don't know if I want to weigh in on it. It's kind of a weird, uh, weird. I mean, I feel like there's there's definitely a the better way that they could. You know, they could uh, show their frustration, you know what I mean? Being that I don't think I don't think a lot of them understand, you know, what, what's really uh, what they're really doing there. You know, I think, feel like if, if they had a, if they had that much of a issue, um, they could find something besides the, the national anthem to, you know, protest, find a better time than that. I mean, it's it's hard to say, like, uh like I've 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 heard arguments from both sides. Hmm. You know, people are upset. They're saying that people are disrespecting the flag and the country. But at the same time, you know, our country is is based around the, the idea that you have that you have that right to protest and you can do those things. So, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty neutral. I mean, uh, it's not something I would do, but I mean, I can see both sides of that argument. It's just, uh, yeah, it is disrespectful to veterans and you know people that serve. And people that have served, that I don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, there's not a winner in that. There's really not. You know, they could have went, they could have done it a different way. They could have, you know, they could have started some kind of strike or some kind of, well, you know what I mean, you know, some kind of like union, some kind of some anything. They could have done it in a better way. Well, they, the, the, the pro, before this, the only one who was really protesting by taking a knee during the anthem was Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Kaepernick. The, what happened this past weekend had nothing to do with what he was doing. It had to do with what Trump said. Trump said that any NFL player who takes a knee should be fired immediately. So the NFL Which as is a just group, like you're telling a freaking egotistical athlete that he can't do something. Right. Well, not <laughs> only on, that, but <laughs> not only that, but he actually legally does not have the right. He no. actually broke the law by saying that. Yeah. Because he, uh, because of his position of command, he cannot say that you have to do this or you should do this or whatever like that. He actually broke the law. But of course, nobody's going to talk about that. But I do like and, and that's what a, a lot of the what happened this weekend happened, not because of what was happening before, but because they were saying, you know what, you can't tell us what to do, you can't tell us what to do. So we're going to we're going to do this. Um, but uh, I like what one team did. Uh, they came out, they took a knee to say, hey, you can't tell us what we Cowboys. can, we cannot do. The Cowboys, thank you. You cannot tell us what we can or cannot do. So they came out, they took a knee, but as soon as the anthem started playing, they stood up, put their hands on their hearts, stuff like that. I liked how they did that. They showed their protest. They showed that, hey, we're not going to be bossed around. We're not going to be bullied by you, but we're still going to stand for for the anthem because um, we respect it. There was also, and we were talking about this before, um, from the the Steelers, right? I believe it was the Steelers. Um, It was a former Army Ranger who is on the team, he was the only member of the team to come out during the anthem. But because of what happened, everybody was politicizing it, and he actually has gone on record to say, if I knew what I did was going to turn into such a shitstorm, I would have never done it. I would have stayed back in the locker room with the rest of my, the rest of my team. And he's actually, he actually, apolog- not apologizes, but he actually says, if I knew it was going to be that big of a deal and people were going to go to war, like not literally war, but go to war over this, I would have never done it. I would have stayed with my team. So, 
I don't. It, it's taught like you it's said. A, it's a complete shit show. I mean, the yeah. media can manipulate things and yeah, and make well, and that's make, mm-hmm. and that's and that's the other thing too is the the media is getting involved, but it all based around Trump trying to be a bully. And the NFL saying, you know what? You can't be a bully to us. Yeah, you can't. Trump I or mean, die, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I want to hear Darren Wayne. That's one thing I got to hear. What are we talking about? Uh, talking about uh, all the NFL players taking knees. Well, I, I don't even watch football, so. <laughs> so you don't care. I play real sports. <laughs> I'm trying to be the best at exercising. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, my stand is, you know. If you live in the United States, you you should respect the flag, and uh, and pay respects. You know, like when when people start singing that song, you better shut the fuck up because that's where you live. And if you don't like it, well, you can get out. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I was bringing up in the the first uh, segment before Cody got here is that. Um, I, I'm kind of like Cody. I, I think Jimmy would agree. I'm, I'm kind of neutral on it. I, I understand the free free speech part of it, and I understand the respecting the flag part of it. And um, I can't speak like the vets in the room either. But I don't think we're ever going back. I really, I really think going forward, this is the way it's going to be. And I think sporting events will avoid doing the anthem before sporting events, really? just for the the, the conflict of it. Um, you know, typically at a, a big boxing match, the the fighters aren't even out yet for the anthems. They're just going to skip over. Well, that's it. that's what I said. Before two thousand nine, no team came out during the anthem. Anyways, it wasn't until the DOD, the National Guard, paid the NFL millions of dollars to have the so, the soldiers, the athletes, come out during the anthem to try to up recruitment and uh, and uh, patriotism or or whatever. So, I mean. It, it, it's not like something that's been a part of the NFL for generate, you know, for decades. It's something that's kind of new that they did just starting recently. And now I don't even think they're getting paid anymore. I think the DOD is pull funding because they're not looking for – they're actually trying to downsize a little bit more than they're trying to – you know, the surges are over. So yeah. they're trying to kind of cut back a little bit. What's the old saying? United we stand, divided we fall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the real issue is that – like. We're uh, we're all pussies. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so sensitive to every fucking thing that happens. You know right. what I mean? You make on both sides up. too. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, man, dude, get get over it. <laughs> Move on with your fucking life. Yeah. You know, there are more there are more important things going on in the world yeah, right no now shit. than exactly. I mean, there Puerto are like Rico. Kids starving. There are kids yeah. starving. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is decimated right now. Yeah. It's going to take six months before they can get electricity back on the island. There are people that are in isolated communities that have no potable water. They have no food. They have nothing because of the amount of devastation that's happened in the infrastructure. And all we can talk about is some millionaires taking a knee. You know what? Yeah. That's why I choose not to comment on the issues because I, I, I'm so sick of, you know, there's, there's so many smoke and, and smoke screens, you know, they paint yeah. in front of you. Every year, if you ever notice, there's something different. Oh, you know, I know. We got, we got the swine flu this year. Oh, now we got to worry about Ebola. Yeah. There's always there's so much. It's like, the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? You know, and what you just said, there's there's so much stuff going yeah. on in the world, but you won't hear it. The only thing you hear on our media is the bullshit. Yeah, like, they want us to fight about the menial, trivial yeah. things. Not refuse, because man. It gives ratings. It, it gives ratings, yeah. and, and, and it takes you away from the, the real issues, man. Yeah, it's just drama. Exactly, it is drama. So, so I just think that, man, if we, if we really look at these these real issues, like you said, united we stand. If we all united, yeah. 
and looked at the real issues, we, we could really do some changes in the world. What is it? Uh, it's uh, that it, uh, Lincoln said, a house divided cannot stand. Exactly. Exactly. But, and I actually, I, I, I actually wrote a um, – uh, I have a friend who, who teaches uh, ethics and he teaches different things at, uh, uh, at a college. And he actually asked me to write a paper about uh, what I thought if the technology that existed right now the you know, Facebook, uh, the news media, and all like that existed before the American Civil War. Would it look like it does right now, or would it look differently? And I actually think it would look kind of the way that it is right now. That there's news media. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The media like, dividing the about, two like, sides. What about like Nazi propaganda? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. The they're they're. Different, they're different. The two different sides. Each media is trying to fuel the fire mm-hmm. of each side, yep. and they're they're not looking at the real issues. They're kind of deflecting. That you got people that are just hard right and people that are hard left, and there's just a very minute, you know, minority that's right in the middle. Social and it's going farther and farther each way. Social media made everyone wimps, and I'm gonna be mm-hmm. I'm being fucking serious about that shit. Holy <laughs> well, no, they, it's not wimps. They, it's social media made what everybody society calls of victims. Well, <laughs> society of victims, Thank but you. also it's called um, uh, keyboard warriors. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about the bullying. I'm just talking about I'm having a bad day, so I'm gonna write about it. Oh yeah. Well, no, that that that, that too. But yeah. then Darren on the other side over there. <laughs> We'll post a picture of him and Malky and the dog and just army of one with, like, lots of guns. That's what social media to me is for. You're not bitching. You're complaining. You're just being like, look at me right now with my American sunglasses on and I'm going to kick some ass. Oh, yeah. But but his post is going to trigger somebody else who's like, you know, you shouldn't have that many guns and exactly. all the mass shootings and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Social media should all be positive. Especially for fighters, guys that are trying to sell themselves. Mm -hmm. I have problems in my life that, like, I mean, but you don't put that shit out Mm -hmm. out out there. The only people that need to know it that are actually in your life that you talk to every single day. Everybody else, they need to see super positive. I want to be that guy. That guy's freaking awesome. I'd be his best friend. Or that's what you want out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like support, not support groups, but like you know, let's say that you want to work out and you want to get fit. You join a support group that all you're doing is encouraging each other to you know, hey, you know, I didn't, I didn't work out. You know, I tried to work out today. I had a hard time. You know what? Hey, try this. You're doing good. You know, like cheer, uh, like a cheerleading section. Positivity. Yeah. Yeah, Positivity. Success success breeds success. Exactly. Breeds positivity. Exactly. Malky was shaking her head no though. Oh, is it, oh, that's uh, my tail. I have. Oh, oh okay. Uh-huh, <laughs> oh, right. I thought you were shaking that? about what he said. What is that? I was playing with it. It's, <laughs> it's fight week, so he gets away with anything. Oh, anything. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, I got to do what's on tap really fast. All right, do what's on tap, and then we're going to talk about Darren being the main event wanna- at KOP. Do you want to do uh, What's on Tap, go to a quick song break, and then we'll come back with Darren? Or uh, Sure. Okay. One can song, you, though. Yeah, can you bring up the song? want to roll into Darren's main event, KOP. First time you're fighting in six years or eight years in uh, Michigan? I think it's six years. Six years. I'd That's have to awesome. look. I don't know. I get you hit in the head. You got a song ready? <laughs> okay. I'm just, just, because I didn't want to start it, and you go, oh, wait. I, That's such a good excuse, too. Oh, I get for what? Lot. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on! I hate my I hate my computer. All right, we're gonna start it anyways. It's all the porn you've been watching. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> uh, it's, you know, I mean, 
I, I can. You looked me con- up, didn't you? I can. I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny. Yes, I did. Actually, I have a video I want to show the two of you. Oh, uh, I have a video I want to show the two of you. I, I think I found your secret training video. That's All right, this is what's on tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Uh, September 26th, Las Vegas PBC on Fox Sports 1. We have uh, Edward Ramirez versus Ludian Bartholomew. Uh, Ten rounds for the featherweights. Uh, September 28th at Huntington in New York. Cletus Cletus Selden versus Ronald Garrido. Uh, Gar- uh, Ten rounds for the welterweights. Uh, moving on to September 30th at Boston on ESPN Deportes. We have Gary Spike O'Sullivan versus Nick Quigley, 10 rounds for the middleweights. Uh, moving on to, uh, let's see, uh, I got sc- to scroll down here. Okay, uh, October 3rd on, uh, it's actually not even announced where it's going to be. It's PBC on Fox Sports 1. We have Devon uh, Alexander versus Walter Castillo, 10 rounds for the welterweights. Uh, moving on to MMA. Uh, not a, ho- a whole lot going on except for this weekend in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, we have Knockout Promotions 58, Saturday, September 30th. It's at the Delta Plex, correct? Yeah, Delta Okay, Plex. the Delta Plex in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Come see Darren making his Michigan return after six years. Come see Darius. Dar- Darius. Darius. Sorry. Darius and uh, many other fighters uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It'll be great. Michigan MMA, so don't miss that. We're going to go to a quick song break, and we'll be right back. We're listening to the Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to the Undercard. <laughs> His name's up. Talking about Darren. Darren's dog has having puppies. Well, first off, Banshee's pretty popular because Banshee gets a lot of social media time, uh, and it's always looking badass with goggles on and, and guns. But uh, Banshee does she have her own Facebook page though? Facebook page? No, Instagram. Oh, oh, Instagram. yeah, Instagram. I think she has over seven hundred followers. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And you it's were more than an, us. you were announcing Banshee's. Uh, um, yeah, we uh, we had her X-ray today to count the little skulls. Um, she has eight puppies, maybe right. a little bit more. Uh, pretty excited. They're due in the next like five days, anytime. Wow. So what 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 is the uh, cycle for dogs when they get pregnant and stuff? It's not nine months, is it? No, really? it's like nine weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. How, how long is it? Six weeks? It's real I fast. I think it's between like 62 days. 57 to 63 days. Yeah, 60. Okay. And she's at like days. day 58 today. So she could have her babies in the next few days. Wow. And then yeah. so this was planned? You found yeah. another yep, dog? Yep, yep. Badass dog. Uh, badass German Shepherd from the uh, west side of the state. His name is... Uh, Swindle. Name? Swindle. He's a super fast athletic. Um, he does uh, dog agility. Yeah, he does agility. He's he, a champion. Yeah, he owns like a, he holds a bunch of speed records for agility. So is it a situation in which you light some candles and leave the room and let the dogs get acquainted, <laughs> or is it you buy it like horse put on, put on uh, in a jar? I mean, you can do that, but yep. uh, uh, some Barry I mean, White. She would was work. she. Yeah. Banshee is not <laughs> one that like wants to play with other dogs or anything like that. She like doesn't like people. She hangs out with me and and Malka, and that's it. She doesn't really care to get petted by anybody else. Um, she absolutely hates Cody. Well, she doesn't hate Cody. She she hates Cody. She, I mean, she hates Cody. Uh, I had her in a when she was a puppy. Uh, like for some reason, she'd look at Cody and just like, 
<laughs> Fuck you, dude. I don't... <laughs> right? Even what to did day, you do to the years, dog, Cody? Years later. Year... No, see, the yeah. dog sensed your guys' closeness and said no. Yeah. <laughs> Even like uh, uh, like when Cody's living, living with us, like he'd be in the kitchen, I'd be gone. She'd like come up to him, like he'd feed her, and as he she was like taking the chicken and stuff, she'd still be growling at him, like, <laughs> like and then like follow you around the house and just watch you. I don't know what it is. She's like one best friend, motherfucker, right. one best friend. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking oh. about uh, how how the breeding process. Oh yeah, works. I mean. It's kind of weird. You just stand there and hold the dog, and they, you know, get they get down. Oh wow! But dogs, that domesticated dogs are the only animal in uh, the animal kingdom that actually the woman stays uh, holds on to the dick after the guy's done for like twenty thirty minutes, right? Okay. Even wolves don't do it. Wolves don't do it. No other dog, no other like canine, unless it's domesticated, does this. And like scientists don't know why, but they do. Probably mm. helps. So, like, if the, the if the male tries to jump off and then run away, it literally like rips his dick off. Oh, it's like so the vagina gets so tight, so tight <laughs> it holds the dick in there, right? And it and it like lets every all the juices she's, like suck she in there. Played. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm pretty not sure not. there's some girls out there like that. I was going to say, I think buddy. there's some downriver. Uh, down I'm pretty good at like breaking that. that guard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. No, you're not pulling Damn. out. Buddy. You're not pulling out. We're, we're, we're going to be uh, forever. <laughs> now, what kind of preparations do you guys have at the house for when she's ready? Actually, I took her to grandma's house. Uh, my mom uh, shows dogs. She's been showing dogs for like 15 years. Has had, uh, I don't know probably 40 litters of dogs or more so uh i dropped her off at grandma's house today she's almost ready so there's like a whelping box the whelping box is a box designed for the the female to have birth in and and let the puppies grow in because it's designed specifically so that the dog will never be able to lay on top of a puppy and uh and accidentally kill it because that happens if you don't have a whelping box they like have this like weird thing that goes around, so the dogs can't get trapped in corners and stuff like that, and then be laid on. Oh, okay. Uh, so she's in her whelping box. She'll sleep there, eat there. Um, you know, the puppies will grow up in the whelping box until they're old enough to like, you know, run around and get crazy and stuff. So. And then is this one time only for Banshee, or are you gonna? Try uh, to do well, this? I. Uh, she had a messed up uh, like cycle the last time. She had a double cycle, so she went because dogs only have uh, heat cycles every like six months. Mm-hmm. Well, she had a full heat cycle, which is a month long, and then she had a week off, and then she had another full week cycle or uh, uh, heat cycle. So that was basically two months of bleeding. Right? Cody wasn't allowed over there at all, was no, he? No, 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 because he's a he's a dog. Um, <laughs> but uh, and, and like I did some research, like yeah, this is you know there could be something messed up. If you want a puppy, you should do it then. Uh, and sometimes it fixes whatever was wrong with it anyway. So um, I always wanted to get a, a, a dog, uh, you know, another dog out of her. Um, so I started, you know, trying to find uh, the perfect German Shepherd to breed with. Did a bunch of medical testing. Spent a lot of money on. Uh, and testing and stuff like that and then you know uh when you breed you should breed to make the breed better and i i'm a believer that in that i would never breed to like mix dogs and make dumbass like yorkie poodle whatever bullshit mutts that's just a mutt okay now stay, stay now. strong uh <clears throat> but uh yeah so 
Yeah, I'm gonna be selling them. I mean, I'm gonna keep one. The breeder that uh, that I the 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 owner of the the dog that I bred to wants to keep one too, which is really cool because it means that I'm making a really sweet uh, dog because she wants one too, because um, she competes uh, all over in uh, that kind of stuff. So, uh, and then sell the rest. Now, Melky. Really quickly, uh, you see the sensitive side of Darren. Is there a chance, because you guys are on a lot of land, that all eight of them he'll want to keep? I mean, it, it, he's saying selling now. He keeps But when they see how cute, how cute they are, is he just going to be like, you know what, we got the land, let's do it. Yeah, he keeps pack. joking about it. He's brought it up at least three times today. I don't know if I could pick how one we're going to have eight. a wolf pack following us around, and uh, we do not have that much space. And I'm, I clean up after him and Banshee already, so I cannot clean up after all of them. It's not happening. They can I, all live outside. I think it's got to be tough to pick one, I mean, out of eight, because they're all going to be adorable in their own way. That's that's why I probably couldn't do it. You yeah, know? I'm going to take the one that first bites that bites me first. Okay. Yeah, that's the one I want. Or, or growls at Cody. First. So you got to keep that uh, consistency going on. And, uh, <laughs> Spartan selection process. Yeah. 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 Cody, you're invited right when we have the puppies. We'll see which one hates you. <laughs> yeah. Well, he'll that's be out in the waiting room because you don't want Banshee to be <laughs> right. upset. You know, but like, he'll be there with like flowers and stuff. How's it going in there? A few more. A few more. Uh, so let's talk about this main event, KOP. How'd this come about, Darren? Um, obviously, <coughs> Cody has a great relationship with KOP, and uh, it helped him. But you're, you're coming back, you're fighting, you're fighting a tough opponent in uh, Trevino. Uh, tell us how this came about and why this is the right time to fight at KOP. Well, uh, so I have a contract with Ryzen. Uh, I haven't fought for them in six months. They have another show in October, and they said they couldn't use me. So it's, it's time for me to move forward, and, and I need to uh, stay busy. Um, you know, when you go that long without fighting, without making weight, you kind of, you know, you, you don't have no drive. You don't have any, uh, anything to do. So like, you, you know, you gain extra weight, you, you, you know, it's it just, you're not competing. So, uh, and if you look at my career, I've fought, uh, every two to three months since I started MMA. I mean, I, I haven't taken a break since. So this is the longest uh, duration in between fights that I've had. Um, and, it's it, you know, I just I just needed a fight. So KOP was putting on a show. We negotiated a deal. And uh, it's happening. Grand Rapids, baby. So, uh, you know, Cody had a big part of this. He negotiated wheels and deals. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> he's got a lot of pull over there. He's probably like the mayor of Grand Rapids. I, that's what we were saying. Uh, so, you know... Um, it's just uh, I gotta stay busy. It's gotta stay busy. Get back on the winning streak, um, and you know, eventually get back to the show. Now, is is there a thought though that because you've gone against world competition and you've been in world uh, promotions that are just so huge, is there is there a thought that this is going to be pretty easy for you? Just I mean, uh, because this is a smaller level promotion and stuff like this, you should be pretty relaxed. And it's against an opponent that, although tough. Let's be honest. You're an amazing striker, and you've gone against the world's best. Um, how, how do you get out of that main that idea in your head and, Here, and here's the treat thing. it? I, I haven't treated. I haven't looked at it like a smaller promotion. I haven't looked at it. I really. I mean, all I know is I'm getting ready for a fight. Doesn't matter where the fuck it is. Doesn't matter who is it against. I'm getting ready for a fight, and I need to be the best person or best fighter that I can be because I don't compete against other people. I compete against myself, and that's what you have to do. Even when you do fight on a a lesser opponent or anything like that, you can never put it past anybody. If you do not show up and pull the trigger, then you will get beat. 
right? Doesn't matter who it is. And you see this a lot in wrestling, and you see this a lot like uh, collegiate wrestling and stuff like that. You see guys that are awesome wrestlers. They, you know, they're ranked in the state. You see that state tournament all the time, but they don't show up when they have to wrestle against a, a, a lesser opponent, and then they get beat by that lesser opponent, right? You have to learn to. To, to tell yourself, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. You need to perform to your best ability every single time. So it, it, I'm not fighting tra- uh, whatever, the, whatever his name is. I'm fighting myself. I have to get ready. It's time to get ready. And when I step in the cage, you know, which I haven't stepped in a cage in a long time. I've been in a ring for the last four fights. Uh, so hopefully I don't soccer kick me in the face. <laughs> now, uh, uh, dual champion here, uh, Jason Fisher. We, we were talking about him a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, holds two belts in WXC. Ha- had the, a little bit of the injury bug a few years back, but the injury bugs pass, and, and, and now now is uh, uh, you know he, he's healthy. He's winning fights. Do you and Cody though, because Jason Fisher is a little bit more laid back, a little bit soft spoken. But you need a little bit of something to show other promotions. Do you guys give him like a little bit of uh, tidbits on how to act a little bit more wild? You know what? Here's the thing. When Jason uh, tries to talk smack, it sounds so weird. So, <laughs> so you don't do it? I prefer him not to. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't really talk shit. I stand my ground. I'm very confident in my own ability and stuff like that. I, I don't really think uh, like this trend that's going on. You got to talk shit and make people fun of people's moms and stuff like that. I, I don't actually like it. But I feel like you should be confident. You should uh, know that you're you're the best, and that's how it is. But you don't you don't have to go. You don't you know you don't need to be that squeaky wheel because if you're exciting, if you're knocking people out, then the fights will come to you. The money will come to you. Um, but there's other philosophies like on that. There, yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah, like he talks <laughs> shit in my to, head. I'm like, you're you have idiot. to, you have to, like, <laughs> but you have to play the hands that you were dealt. Right. I'm a pretty witty guy, so yeah. me, no. <laughs> if uh, we're getting into more words, there's a good chance that <laughs> you're gonna win. Right? I, I would probably just get so frustrated with words, I would just come over there and punch you. I, yeah, I'm not gonna talk shit. I'm not gonna talk shit. Yeah, he's not gonna talk shit. To you. He's gonna just punch you. So, but I, I didn't mean so much talking shit as much as you guys are just. Um, you guys just have big personalities, and that's a compliment. You, yeah. you, you guys walk in the room, and people yeah, can tell st- your you stars. Gotta, you gotta stand out. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Jason Fisher, you know, in that department, you know, he's a quiet guy. He's a guy you'd love to be neighbors with you guys i'm not so sure you know because at, in the middle of the night we'd be like you know mm-hmm. someone call darren and cody and tell them to turn off their you know so is, is there any again in front of the window is there like is there like a darren and cody boot camp? Now that's a party yeah is there a darren and cody boot camp for jason fisher going on just to get noticed by uh you know to just walk in the room and control the room because we know he could he's, beat a lot of people's he's, ass he's, he's oh, been yeah. yeah he's been yeah. uh he's been on social media pushing really really hard for this Detroit card I feel like every day I see something you know he's you know say, saying something about you know what he's doing for training and then you know tagging Sean Shelby and Dana White and all those guys so I think he's he's going about it in his own way I mean that's kind of, you got to do that you know I think one of the big things is like branding yourself like deciding like like how how you want people to see you like what you got to you got to find like a niche in the market you know what I mean you can't just be a oh I love everyone <laughs> you know what I mean like Darren is uh, like a, like a, you know, a red-blooded American. Like shoots guns, <clears throat> you know. He, like he's branded himself as that. You know, Darius is is like the, as like the crazy, uh, crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna tear you in half <laughs> kind of guy. Like branded himself as that, and you know, I don't know what I am, but what are you, uh, <laughs> fucking Spartan? <laughs> no, he, I think he's like. Uh, 
European swimsuit <laughs> model or something? What are you over there? That was a long time ago. <laughs> now, now Cody might not remember this, but uh, after his first win in the UFC, I said I had an idea for his weigh-in that is just going to take the world by storm. And it just happens to be Halloween season. And we went to our first Halloween store. And they have the Top Gun Maverick flight suit. I think you and uh, Darren should come out. Can I shave a mustache? You do, it, you do whatever you want. Off. You gotta have Tear the off. A- aviators. No, no, no. Goose, Goose had the mustache. No, and you gotta you gotta zip down the Goose flight dies, suit right? to get yeah. into the weigh-ins. You gotta come out with Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Yeah, man. Well, no, you, you could. They're so strict you about could, what you wear, though. Yeah. And now, yeah. Now it's all Reebok. Yeah, now it's like, dude. If, oh, does that and say, it's not even Reebok that, that you have. It's what they gave you that day. Like, yeah. This is what you have. Oh, you, oh, you can't wear those Reebok shoes. You gotta have these ones. They give you a uniform to wear to the weigh-ins. Yeah. Which. I mean, unless it unless that jumps and says <laughs> Reebok, Reebok, Reebok on it. it. Yeah. Well, how about just for Halloween? Yeah. Every time you guys walk into a room, you guys are in it, and that's your theme song as you walk in. You're my cool pilot. Like, you you like, could be my cool pilot have, anytime. Have, a, have like a little uh, USB speaker or whatever, and just play Danger Zone every time you guys walk in the room. Yeah. Maverick and Maverick all and the, Iceman. Yeah. All, the, all yeah. the interviews I'm doing from now on, I'll just have like Danger Zone in the background. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Or, like Ted Nugent Stranglehold. Lana. After Lana. Dar- after Darren Danger wins on zone. Saturday, you can be my wingman anytime. Yeah. Cody be like, no, you can be mine. <laughs> and have that moment at Cop Gun. Yeah, I forgot Cop about that moment. with the Reebok deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they, they, that would be just so sweet. You come out with the aviators and stuff. People be talking <laughs> about that forever, dude. They'd be like, remember when Cody came out Top Gun? They'll be like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, actually, I think I probably could wear sunglasses. And yeah, but like, uh, no one's like going to get them off right before I like, rub the stair down. <laughs> I got to be Reebok sunglasses. So we we asked uh, Darren uh, Cody earlier what he thought of Darius. He, he said he's a tough puncher, uh, one of the toughest guys to spar in the gym. He's also on the card. Uh, tell us what what you like about Darius and why he's allowed to wear the Michigan top team colors. Uh, I tell you, uh, the first day he came into the gym. All right. So this kid comes in real quiet. Yeah, I think it was like a Tuesday, our, one of our sparring days, and uh, we all get our rounds in, and he's like, I want to get you know some rounds in. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm exhausted, because you were late, probably. Yeah. You're yeah. always late every yeah. single day. I don't, <laughs> think you do, I don't think you do shit all day, but you're still late to practice every day. It's something him and Banshee have in common. They're yeah. both late. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, no one got and that like joke. Leroy, no one got that joke. Oh no, we got it. It just wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, so, Damn, Leroy. Leroy's it. getting round. Leroy, uh, Leroy, our big heavyweight, uh, needs to get rounds. And I'm like, uh, how about you go, with Leroy? <laughs> so I mean, he went after Leroy, right? I mean, Leroy hits hard as shit. He's like a big ass dude trying to, you know, fight in a little phone booth gym. Like it's tiny, <laughs> and uh, I mean, he had no fear. Went right after the biggest guy in the gym. Um, and freaking, you know, threw punches down his throat. So it's, uh, it was like, oh, yep, I like him right away. Right away. I lo- <laughs> no fear. I love that. So, uh, and, and you can't teach that. If you got that, you can teach yeah, you people technique. You can't teach. You can teach people technique. You can teach them, uh, you know, fighting philosophy and and and, uh, and stuff like that. But you cannot teach them to uh, to f- for no fear. You can't. You can't. Yeah. You can't. Aggressiveness, exactly. Um, and if someone has that and they're able to listen to you, fucking game over, bro. Actually, I, I, quick story. I kind of disagree with that because when I was doing MMA, <coughs> I Fuck didn't you. have. 
Oh, no, no. <laughs> I actually, I had no aggressiveness in my uh, sensei, actually. One night, like, after everybody went home, he's like, we're going to get you aggressive. And he put on Dropkick Murphys, and I took a bunch of shots of Jameson, and we just went head-to-head. And after that one time of just getting the, my ass handed to me by him, I didn't have any fear anymore yeah, because scary. I had already had that ass kicking. Maybe that's the trick. I, I yeah. never yeah. known that trick. Jameson inspired. That sounds Jam- horrible. Jameson. Well, I mean, it was like two shots. If I start I drinking, know, yeah. I'm just going to start humping everybody's leg. <laughs> <laughs> but you had to have the drop kick Murphy's too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, KOP, it's happening Saturday. Tickets are still available. Um, get to see Darren, uh, Detroit superstar, Crookshank. And uh, we got to meet uh, Crookshank. Der- Crookshank, crook, crook, crookshank, crookshank. Sorry, you know it's with probably seven sh- years. He, he says wrong, with the shifty eyes over here. <laughs> crankshaft, crookshank, the old crankshaft. I, you know, Trump I've notes. probably been saying it wrong seven years on and off different ways ever er, ever since. Like we, <laughs> that's we why met. I just say Darren. Crooked taint. Yeah, we crooked met. Taint. I, crunk, I've been called a lot of crunk things. nuts. I remember crankshaft. What what's the, the what's the most outrageous way anybody said your last name? That motherfucker on uh, on uh, uh, no, oh yeah, the Japanese, all, <laughs> well, the, Jap- all the Japanese. Well, no, what's his name sound. on uh, on uh, what the, what what's that podcast? Podcast uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's podcast, not Joe Rogan, but that other big fuck that always messes my name up. He's a heavyweight. Okay, Brandon Shab. That motherfucker <laughs> says my name wrong every single time. <laughs> what does he say? How does he say it? I don't know. Oh, okay. But it's Joe terrible. Rogan loves you, though. Joe Rogan does it all. He, yeah. Dude, he loves me. I've talked yeah. to him. We've rubbed our uh, fanny packs together. <laughs> like, it's uh-huh. cool. Is that but a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> there are magic sparks and they rub fanny packs together. <laughs> <laughs> our powers combined. They, like, literally, yeah. like, li- literally before my last fight, Joe, like, walked right up to Darren and like, I think, did he have a fanny pack? Oh, on? yeah. He or he like complimented black, black yours. Yeah, he thinks highly of Darren. And guys. like, uh, there was like some like weird gay bro moment going on. <laughs> my dad carries one. Fanny packs like are awesome. Dad. <laughs> my, my dad used to all the time Man, I, when I was growing up. I, I like wanted to make fun of Darren for so long for wearing a fanny pack. And then I got one. And I was like, this is really convenient. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Especially when but you're traveling. Wearing, I'm still going to call him. Yeah, if is, there ch- is, is there chapstick in yours? What, what, what do you, what do you carry in your fanny well, I don't pack? have it on right now but uh normally a quick clot tourniquet knife flashlight you know gun ammo <laughs> do, you have, do you have the do you have the power powder click quick clot or uh the bandages the the, the stuff you just shove into the wound yeah okay that has the yeah. it's impregnated yeah okay very that, i was gonna say that get that don't get the powder because that shit goes everywhere yeah I, i've never yeah. even seen that stuff. i like oh <laughs> i hate it <laughs> so cody how old are you again Old enough. <laughs> oh, no, 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 he's no, 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 hey, there's, there's nothing wrong with being 40, five man. years my elder. Listen, listen. <laughs> you are as only as old as the girls you have sex with, and Malky's 24, so... Yeah. Wait, that means I, that means I was eighteen I, when I've I was. I've been twenty four since we met. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> like four years ago. She's twenty four. <laughs> She's 24. Now, Mal- Malky, is do you women really find fanny packs sexy? Oh yeah. <laughs> Don't <laughs> talk. <laughs> does he, does no, he ever go ahead. Go ahead. get her back to the kitchen right now? <laughs> he, he bought me one. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got Every it. Every time I don't like something that he has, too many guns. 
He gets you like one. That. He gets me one. It's a good strategy. <laughs> and then I use it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then you like it. So and you've used the fanny pack. Fun. I've used the fanny pack <laughs> more than once. <laughs> see? Oh my god. They're That's convenient. Sure. They're convenient. I see it. Like I mean, weren't you guys gonna do Michigan top team ones too with logos on them, or did you guys eventually do them? Like, I mean, I, was no, that a rumor? Didn't, we didn't do them. I think we That's should a good do them. Though. I think we should. I've never do heard them. that. Yeah, rumor, you should do that either. Yeah. With like a little pocket for a gun or something. That'd be hilarious. That would be awesome. With your address Let's and do like it this weekend, like, you know, tearaway. No, and on the back, you know, it, it'd say like you didn't pull guard or something like because if it's that way, that way, you know, that's yeah. a, you're that's actually uh, uh, fanny sucks. packs are making resurgence specifically <laughs> for that reason. Sucks. Guys are putting their their CCWs in the fanny pack and then putting it behind their, you know. Uh, putting it inside their waistband or whatever, and then it's a, just a quick pull. They don't have to get a holster or anything. Yeah, I actually never put my gun in the fanny pack. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's other stuff in there, but a pen is carry all day long. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we should do an on-site remote, I think, with these guys at a gun range. I really do. I know I, Cody's I'm totally in. It. I'm totally uh, in. I think it would be fun. No, Dan's gun Does guy. he have you shooting, Malky? Yeah, uh, not a lot, but I just did a shotgun match with him this past weekend. It was super fun. And what is a shotgun match for the people that don't know what a shotgun uh, match it's is? A, it's a, it's a tactical match. You got, like, certain targets, and it's basically who can do it the fastest. Um, Standing targets or, like, clay pigeons? There's some clays. That it's all steel targets. Most okay. of the time with shotgun, it's all steel targets. If there's paper targets, then those would be, like, a slug target. Right. Um, and, it, you know, a lot of times there's a specific order you have to do things in, or there might be a little bit of leniency of how you can actually go about it. Okay. And that's the cool part about the sport is, is uh, you know, you get to little, put your own little – you can gain the stages and, and, uh, and uh, see who goes fastest, you know. Okay, so I've never touched a gun. Never even – Touched one. You want to touch one? <laughs> <laughs> You've got too many. <laughs> he, he's being. He probably doesn't have a gun on him right now. No, no, it's I fine. do. I, put, right. I was waiting for a question like how to yeah. touch it or like yeah. you just being a statement. No, but if we do the yeah. thing, will you teach me how? Because I yeah, really, I'm actually, I have, I'm terrified of it. Actually, uh, I'm actually. I don't want to toot my own horn, but anything that I know how to do, I'm really good at getting it across to other people, like. Teaching people shit that I know is really easy to me. So, like, martial arts, driving, whatever, uh, shooting guns. <laughs> you said driving anything, and pointed at yeah, like I can like, <laughs> Anything that I know how to do, right, then I, I can actually get it to, across to other people. And uh, I think that's why I make a good instructor, too, uh, like, at the gym and stuff. It's just the way I explain things and, and uh, get, it, get it across. So I can teach you how to shoot. Or we should just make, like, your own version of a Tough Mudder, like, race. I I know Malky just did one, but, like, where we we incorporate what Cody's good at. Like, in the beginning, you got to fish and catch, like, a a fish that you got to take over the finish line with He's good at, like, making faces in the mirror. There's there's a flex off and into, like, the mirror. Making faces in the mirror, you know, walking under really short, low things. How fast you put on Uh, your fanny pack? Yeah, exactly. This this guy hits short jokes like an (laughs) H-Dollar. But I'm still taller. <laughs> we were setting up the Crookshank Olympics for a little while in our backyard. Yeah, but then I got but, sidetracked. Yeah. Making a decathlon, throw throwing fishing axes. in it. Oh. Yep. I don't know. We Do you, got, you got a place to fish on your property? We have a pool that looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> put some fish in it. You, want. you could put dig a there pond or something. Yeah. yeah. We got to make it half Cody, half year. Like, you know, it's five yeah. events, five events. And then let your team go through it, and whoever wins it, you know, wins something pretty cool. Okay, like a so golden his, fanny pack. His main 
Uh, the thing that Claimed he's done fame. best is like the kissy face in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> the duck face. Yeah, the duck face. <laughs> the, duck the duck face. face. There's going to be a stage where you don't shower for two weeks. And oh, I, I win that every single time. <laughs> How long can you go without a shower? A month at uh, least. <laughs> Wait, can you use baby wipes? No, you don't need baby wipes. Your body naturally creates oil that just cleans yourself. I mean, how do you think cavemen did it? The only time I see Darren shower is after he fights. So when he doesn't fight for a few months, oh, that's, that's actually my favorite point, part is when he comes home from a fight because I know he just showered. <laughs> Do you know how much money we save in water, though? Holy shit. We have a really low like bill. We, we don't even have a water no. bill. <laughs> <laughs> they shower they the send gym. you a check. They're like, apparently we owe you because yeah. Uh, yeah. we ran pipes to your house and you don't use it. So we yeah. owe you some money back. Oh, my God. No, re- and realistically, oh, like, that. how often do you shower then? No, we're serious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. Our bed is really big. No, I listen. I showered. I showered Thank the other. You. I showered the other day after Bundy Hill because I was that like was crazy dirty from all the dirt and stuff. Yeah, I came home and there was like, like wet towels. I was really confused. And I shaved my face. Well, kind of yeah. my neck. <laughs> and I shaved my balls. Well, I say advantage you in the and fight. And I rarely do that. I'm talking once a year. It makes you more aerodynamic in it, your fight. Exactly. <laughs> fight time is my favorite. Once a year, I shave my balls. <laughs> What's a lion without his mane? <laughs> I wish he was joking. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> and, and we'll just finish up uh, with the, the shotgun uh, yeah. competition. Well, no, no. Now we gotta. Now we gotta add ball shaving. Oh we gotta gosh. add, you know, no. all that. Well, kind of stuff. you know, I have uh, some really good, uh, you know, uh, facial oil stuff like that from Detroit Grooming Company. So now, you know, I can keep it trimmed and smelling good at the same time. That's pretty good. Talking <laughs> about your face, or your balls, both, <laughs> both. both duh. Smell like tea oil. <laughs> all right. Well, we want to wish everybody uh, uh, good luck. How, how many people from Michigan Top Team are fighting this week? Like four five? or five? five? We have a wow. ton. Of You're people. gonna be busy. Wow. Yeah, and then uh, how do you stay focused when your teammates are fighting? I mean, you got you, you're in the main event and stuff like that. Um, I mean, uh, in the in the beginning of the show, like I'll go and and uh, talk to people, everybody that came, you know, talk to people, touch people, and you know, show them that I know they're there. Uh, and, but then other than that, I'll be in the back. I'll be in the back, chilling out, you know, getting my mind right. All right, that's about it. Darren Crookshank. Did I get it right? Crookshank. You can crook call shank. me. You can call me Daddy. Crud. Crook. That's what I said. Crooked. Crook. That's what I said. Crookshank. You said Crookshank. 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 It's a uh and not a uh. Crookshank. 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 He's in my phone. as crunk nuts. Crookshank. Of course he is. With a picture of my dude. I I remember the first time I met him. He probably doesn't remember the first time I he met me though. So I got that on him. What was it? We were in some shitty flea market. And uh, it was an AMI MMA thing. You were just doing the UFC thing. And uh, Emmanuel was around from the Kronk. And somebody's like, hey, you know, this guy from Westlands on the UFC show, you, you should talk to him. And I went over there and I had just dripped like chili dog. I'm serious. <laughs> on my shirt, there's a picture of us together. And you can With still see dog. where I tried to wipe off the chili dog. But that could be nice. every day because so, <laughs> so it looks like I'm I'm drooling because I met you or something like that. You guys have a chili dog eating competition. That, oh, there yeah, you, go. you go. Let's have an eating nice. competition too. But so yeah. I, I do remember the first time I met you and I was like, Man, that's a cool ass huh. motherfucker. I go well, I, I go, he's gonna I go, he's gonna make it. He's got he's got the goods. Like the personality and stuff like that. But I remember it, it was 
was uh, a flea market somewhere on Telegraph Road. It wasn't oh, a Gibraltar Trade Center, and it was a guy that doesn't even do promotions anymore. Um, huh. I don't remember. But I got the picture. And, uh, That's awesome. It, it's, it's where, somewhere. where was it? Uh, Telegraph Road. It was a flea market. Maybe Taylortown off of Taylor Tele- Yeah, yeah so was, Probably Bobby it? Noble. Yeah. Bobby um, Noble's show. Yeah, Bob you're going six, seven years. Jake, Jake Short. Jake Short. No, Jake Short did the one in Lincoln Park, and I think we had already met. That's the one where the kid got hmm. knocked out twice in one night. Awesome. Yeah, Jake Short. <laughs> Jake <laughs> Short did. You guys did that one night where they're like, there were people like throwing chairs and stuff. No, I, I do remember Pete Trevino, uh, the ring announcer, who's a friend of ours, challenging someone to fight at a Jake Short. Uh, and he got yeah, he, he took off his jacket. Yeah, yeah. You think I'm just an announcer? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he, and he was going out there. He goes, he goes. Oh, you think you're tough, you know? And and he I'm was like, going out to like take care of business. So I was like, oh, he was like rolling really his sleeves up. I'm like, we really gonna do this? Awesome. <laughs> I wanted to see him fight. Dude, those down river shows, the, the old ones were awesome. I mean, shots fired. Someone <laughs> broke out a taser. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was like going to Every war. time you go, right there would be a fight in the crowd. Yep. Fight in the crowd. Promoters yep. always had funny math. They're people like, we sold 600 tickets, 25 people in the crowd. <laughs> right. I'll be like, right. we sold 600 tickets in 25 shows? Right. Yeah, we sold 600. <laughs> 25 people there, and it's all the fight teams. I forget what show it was, but there was like a security group. And one guy, everybody was like strapped. They all had guns and like vests on. One guy didn't have a gun. He had a hatchet. Whoa. And it was attached to his that, like. That's vest. the guy you gotta watch. That's like, terrifying. I was like, this guy isn't. You're gonna start what, a fight with a guy. Got a fucking hatchet. Well, somebody. No. He was like one of those SOCOM ones. When I when I when I got uh, back from all my military training or whatever, one of the first jobs I got, it only lasted a week, was being a bouncer at a strip club, and the, the whole point of it was so we got these dudes that like like can't like look down because their necks are just so thick they're just like like big and on the scrawny I, I looked about you know what Darius looks like when I got out of basic training and stuff you let yourself you look go pretty bad <laughs> yeah I, I know I did I did I was like I was like fit and I was ripped damn and, you were sexy and, <laughs> I'm sta- and I'm standing there and one of the guys kind of looks at me and he goes he goes dude how are you going to intimidate anybody I said look look at all the other bouncers around you got that guy's a bouncer because he's big. That guy's a bouncer because he's big. That guy's a bouncer because he's big. You don't mess with the little guy. Like, that's the guy you got to look out for. And they're like, yeah, you got a point there. Little guy's crazy. Yeah, the little guy's crazy. Yeah. Were you really a bouncer or did you just hang around strip clubs enough that no, you I was, for you one week, I had a <laughs> for one week, I had a friend who was, was a stripper. I was there for a week straight. I was a bouncer. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> the strippers right, loved me. Don't they, touch I knew my their girl. real name. I knew I their real name. I worked for the door because they wouldn't let me in. Don't touch for one week, No, for one week, I, for one week I was because I had a friend who was a stripper. She got me the job. I quit. I quit because Friend. one of the other yeah <laughs> one of the other uh, dancers like was having a problem with the customer so I bounced him out and then the owner got on me because he spent a lot of money there I said dude he was smacking her around I was like I don't care he spends a lot of money here I said fuck you I'm out and I and I quit that day yeah. just a week I don't know just week. No, I said just a week. There? Oh, just a week. Yeah, yeah. You didn't it. see. Yeah, no good stories there. No, I mean it. It would besides like, that one. I like the lifers that probably know everything. Yeah. Besides yeah. that one incident, like nothing ever happened there. Right. The ones yeah. that know which disinfectant they use on the pools. That oh no, that won't kill that. You need this <laughs> disinfectant. No, you mix this with this, and then this cleans it just yeah, perfectly. No, no, I wasn't there that long. <laughs> All right. Well, best of luck, Michigan top team. Thanks, Cody, for bringing in Darius and Darren. Uh, Malky, we want to see you back in the cage soon too. Or 
or like uh, you would be awesome in kickboxing or something. Just an exhibition. Get get yourself out there kicking and if throwing fight, punches. It's gonna be MMA. Okay. No no kickboxing. I do it, but I like MMA. I All like right. to mix it up. All right. You throw <laughs> wicked kicks, dude. Thank you. It, as, it, uh, really quickly before we leave, then. Uh, has she laid out a guy with one of her kicks? Because she she throws some pretty mean kicks. You've kicked a lot of people in the head. Uh, she actually broke somebody's arm. Uh, what was it? What was that kid's name? Uh, Bobby Noble's. Noble. Yeah, uh, Nick Noble. Nick Noble. She Maniac. broke Nick Noble's arm in practice. Nick Noble. <laughs> yeah. Nick Champion Noble. Yeah. That guy's Well, my a turd. thing is if a guy if a guy doesn't tap because they won't tap to a girl, then I keep going. <laughs> okay. Because they should be tapping. <laughs> All right. And then as soon as Banshee uh, has the babies, give us the picture. We'll post it up on the Facebook uh, for the undercard and everything awesome. like that. Thanks. Uh, yep. Best of luck, Michigan Top Team. Right, right. We won't be in next week, uh, but best of luck, Cody, next week. Thanks, man. Uh, we'll, Thank we'll talk, and then uh, we'll see you the following week yeah. here on hey, Tuesday. And, uh, I, I got moved up. I'm headlining the prelims right now. Nice. That is fucking nice. awesome. Awesome. Cody got a raise. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Cody got a raise. Hey, thanks yeah, for having us, guys. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Always. We'll yeah. see you guys in two weeks. Good luck, Cody. Good luck, Darren. Good luck, Darius. Thank you. Uh, Malky, get back in the cage. Rochelle, thanks for producing the show. Jimmy, see you in two weeks. Take care.